can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So I have something that I want to discuss with you, Joanna. Yes, so, I can probably sense what it's going to be. So, oh God, it was Colin just, Farrell. <laughs> so on the weekend, someone sent me a photo of Colin Farrell sitting by the pool at the hotel that they were staying at. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I just felt, I just felt like I was, it felt wrong. Like I yeah. should have. You did look- screenshot that and send it to me straight away. And then also a zoomed up photo of him. <laughs> so I posted on my Instagram. I didn't say where he was. I'm keeping that private. <laughs> Just in case things end up working out. <laughs> so I ended up posting on my Instagram like, oh, I feel so close, but so far from him. And then I started getting like all of these people started messaging me his whereabouts all day so mm-hmm. he's at he's here doing this he's here doing this and I just felt like I was there with him and then, <laughs> and, then and then one of the girls said she was like oh I'm gonna have a couple more drinks because Joe, you what did you suggest let me just get that message I up. said um you said oh my god I should ask her to give him my number underneath a photo of him reading a book and sipping a coffee <laughs> And I said, you absolutely a thousand percent should. Anyway, I sent her that and said, I said, oh, this is from Joanna. Just like a little hint, hint, nudge, nudge, nudge. Yeah. She said, um, she's like, hun, I've got you. I'll have a couple more champagnes and see how I go. And I told her, you can use my Adore discount forever if you do it. Oh. <laughs> she, said, she said, now that's worth an awkward combo with a celeb. Absolutely. Anyway, I think basically, because then a few minutes later, someone sent me a message and said, he's at this spa. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so someone else had seen him at, a, at going into the spa. So obviously that girl had missed him, but I just felt like I was following the crew his whole really day. came through for us They there. did. And yeah. then I you not, another girl messaged me and said she told me where he was staying in March. So he's been oh. staying. <laughs> so basically. You just need to get your ass up to Brisbane. I, do you know what? I'd probably be arrested though because this is like. No, you wouldn't. Got, we wouldn't tell him about any of this. We wouldn't talk, even mention we're it. We're talking about it on the podcast now. I genuinely think someone out there, one of our listeners, is going to see him in the Gold Coast do, and is going to go up to him and give my details to him. I, I, I really hope they do. That would be the please, ultimate guys, outcome. Come Imagine on, guys. if you. Imagine if you got a DM from Colin Farrell. Have you I seen, would die. Have you seen? Because you know Ben Affleck matched with that girl on Raya. Yes. And yes. then sent her. She thought it was a, a like she fake. unmatched. So she yeah. unmatched, and then he sent her a video from yes. Instagram, like, Thank "Hey, why did you unmatch me?" And, and then, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's me. And imagine if I got a video message from some like you know fake account and it was Colin Farrell I'd die 
Anyway, I'm loving the updates on Colin Farrell, what he's doing, what he's reading, what he's drinking. Please keep them coming. It's been quite... <laughs> I love following that journey because I'm quite a stalker myself, so I really enjoyed that. Well, you said, because you were in Hobart, you said that Zac Efron was down there and I said, imagine... Yeah. And I texted you dead serious and said, imagine if I end up in call it with Colin Farrell and you end up with Zac Efron. That would be cool. Someone sent me a DM on Instagram and said, are you dating Zac Efron? He's in Hobart right now as well. <laughs> Oh like, my no, god! I wish I was, but no, I'm not. Anyway, uh, what is on today's episode, Hannah? We've done our dating chat. Wow, well, yeah, <laughs> getting, getting closer. Um, <laughs> so today's cringy combo. I am going. This is another IRL situation. I'm getting um, an ear hole fixed, and I have no idea how they're going to do it. So I'm very excited. We have an interview with Daniel Isaacs about peptides, and he was actually on our third episode. Do you remember <laughs> Hannah that? Hannah texted me, and she goes. <laughs> Oh, my God, Daniel Isaac, <laughs> she's saw it in the notes. I was like, yeah, blast from the past. He was really funny. So yeah, very excited yeah. about that one. And, of course, the products we didn't know he needed. Okay, so we've just arrived at Dr. Cara McDonald's rooms here in Richmond. Uh, Dr. Cara has been on these podcasts before. She's a very accomplished dermatologist, and she's very kindly agreed to see us today. I want to give our audience some context about where this ear piercing hole is because it's not in Hannah's earlobe. So if you can imagine an ear, it's in the upper part of her ear, kind of where the ear curls over, and it's right near where the ear joins to the side of your face. So uh, yeah, not a standard ear piercing hole, but we're going to see what we can do about it. Hannah, you might want to give Kara a little bit more context as to why we're here. I got this piercing done overseas <laughs> and they because they pierced it too far away okay. it kind of looks like what's that show oh tiger king tiger, tiger kings it oh, looks like tiger look. yeah the eyebrow ring that he had yeah. you know which is like really close so barely it's on. barely hanging on so i've decided that um i'm not going to put an earring in it but now it's got this kind of like my sister said it looks like a mini vagina <laughs> So, so Tara, can you fix Hannah's mini vagina? <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't think it was possible to fix them. I thought I just had to live with it. Okay. So basically yep. worth explaining that mm-hmm. because I think you're in a similar position to many, many people who have had piercings that they no longer want yes. or don't look right or even the stretched ones that are yeah. starting to pull through. Basically when we do a piercing, you've got skin on either side and you put a earring or piece of metal through there so that what happens is that as it heals, the skin cells track down the piercing yeah. and form a new layer of skin, okay? So you imagine it a bit like a cylinder. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got normal skin either end and then you've got a whole column of normal skin down through the middle once it's healed fully. Mm-hmm. And so people think if they take that piercing out, it will just eventually heal over, but it can't. It's like mm-hmm. putting your two fingers together and expecting them to heal <sighs> together. They're never going to stick oh. together because you've got skin That's skin to skin. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very, very simple procedure to fix it, which is basically to take a tiny, tiny core back out through the piercing uh-huh. and close the hole. Sometimes you don't even need a stitch, but if you, depending on how big the piercing is and where it is, yeah. but if you put a little stitch to hold it back together, you're now healing it like it's a cut, 
again or a wound. So it's like putting an apple corer in her ear and then pulling it out. Absolutely, and then the apple. same. So we use a thing called a punch bubsy, which is like a little core. I think yeah. I said that to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's always time. <laughs> I do have a question because my mum, when I told my mum I was getting this done, so she's got two really she used to wear really heavy earrings and they're so long and she really doesn't like the look of them and she said I didn't even know you could do this can she get the same thing done in those ear holes and then would she get them re-pierced yes yeah essentially so baby holes again again it depends on where on the ear how stretched it is and so on yeah some people it's pulled right through so it's actually like a split right down through yeah um and sometimes it's like just a stretched hole like your mum might have and really if if it's a long stretched hole we might need to cut it with a blade rather than use the apple corer whereas if it's a tiny round hole you can just do it with a corer and it's it's quicker and easier, but it's essentially the same procedure. Yeah. You just need to take out the healed skin, which is on either side, yeah. close it up again. And does that mean belly button holes? You could get your belly button hole done eventually. Well, now that I know this, <laughs> I kind of want my belly button hole done. Yeah. <laughs> next podcast. Yeah. yeah, I'll get my belly button we'll do, hole done next time. We'll get yeah. cu- couple's belly button yeah. hole fixed. <laughs> so I'll just explain the procedure. Yep. So we start with some local anaesthetic, so it numbs it. You Good. shouldn't feel anything after that. And then, as described, either um, a cord just from the top side or top and bottom, depending on the position, usually a small stitch, which will dissolve over a week or so. And your risks with this sort of procedure are it bleeding afterwards, uh, very, very small chance of infection with any procedure we do, much like with a piercing, a scar that doesn't look as good as we want. Okay, that's probably the highest risk that, you know, in a perfect world, you wouldn't even be able to see that you had a piercing there. It basically heals up and looks pretty much like normal skin. If you looked mm-hmm. very closely, you might see a small scar. But um, some people's skin doesn't heal as as well as we want, especially if there was infection or that sort of thing. And so you could have a small white mark. You could have a small lump or a small depression. Okay, better than a mini vagina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- agree. We all agree. With that. We all agree <laughs> with that. All right. Any questions? No questions for me. I'm okay. So excited. Let's, Let's do, do this. It. Let's do it. All right. So we are. So marking out the the piercing hole. Yep. So normally with these, you can close the whole channel up, or you can close just the visible side, and so that you can re-pierce it. Because your exit point is on this edge, we probably don't need to do both. So we'll take out the entrance hole, yep. and it will close up. Anyway. Cool. Okay, so I'm going to pop the local anaesthetic in, okay? Okay. So it is a little stingy. Just... Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I feel like you have to Scaring the patients again. Oh, is it going in the hole? You would think for someone with so many piercings, they'd be like, oh, my going to her eyes shut and Cara and I just giving each other looks. <laughs> I have a low pain threshold. Hannah's just quite dramatic. I am. Lucky you record with me, otherwise we wouldn't be able to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> what do you mean? Like I can watch everything. Oh, no, I can't. Yeah, would you be able to? I've oh. seen, I've sat in on a lipo before. Really? Yeah. So Kara's just got like a little tool that kind of looks like a pen but with no ball coming out of it. Like a punch bouncy thing. Yeah. All right, so just take a little call right from the hole. Okay. Can't feel anything. Can't feel anything. 
It's so weird. Is it happening? Yeah. It's is not it happening. Disgusting? Yeah, but I'm loving it. Oh, God, is it really disgusting? You probably wouldn't want to see it. Oh. So now you're just pulling the core out. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Right out. All right, so then we close up the hole. Okay. All right, so you just stitch that closed Yep, now. stitch it closed. All right. It's just putting a stitch through now. It's such a weird feeling when there's like you know stuff's happening. Like you know that there's flesh being removed mm. and you can't feel it. Yeah. It's it's, it's such a bizarre. It's such a weird feeling. Sensation. Oh, she's putting the little bits of skin into her. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should narrate surgery. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a new segment for us. Yeah. So the other side is just getting stitched up now where the piercing came out on the other side of her ear. Yeah. How much gunk do you reckon? She's digging around and there with some tweezers. How much gunk do you reckon was in the hole? Just like, a little bit. You're right there, Hannah? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm you were thinking about it. Yeah, don't think about yeah. it. All right, we're all done. So we're going to tape it up now. And the tape just should try and stay on for a few days. Mm-hmm. And it takes a couple of months for the procedure site to fully settle. So any scar from any procedure takes three to six months to look completely normal again, I suppose. But it's not likely to be something anyone else will notice after a couple of weeks. Amazing. Great. We're all done. It was that easy. Oh, that's nothing. Hannah's looking at a photo of her ear. You'd never know you had anything done, Hannah. (laughs) Easy. Thanks, Cara. Thanks, Cara. (laughs) I'm like your mum. Thank you, Cara. (laughs) So for those Listeners who have been listening since the day OGs. one. The OGs. Yep. You may <sighs> recall that we had this guest on a very early episode. Hannah, can you remember what episode it was? Maybe two, episode two or three? Uh, I think it was episode two, actually. Mm, covering yep. vitamin Retinol. A. Yeah. We have welcomed back our, our favourite guest from <laughs> Medicaid, probably our only guest that we've had from Medicaid. Daniel Isaacs, Director of Research at Medicaid, joins us today. Welcome back to the podcast. Long time no see. I know, it has been a long time. Good to be back. Good to be back. Yes, I think I was number two. Yes. I remember. And that was all about vitamin A. All about vitamin yes. A. Um, so today, uh, well, I was actually thinking, who can I get on to talk about peptides? And I was racking my brain and I was like, I'm, I need to find someone that does a lot of formulation and you actually sprung to mind because I'd seen that quite a few Medicaid products have come out that are featuring peptides. And so I thought you'd be the perfect person to talk about it. So let's start off with the basics. What actually are peptides? So peptides are long, well, they're actually short chains of amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. You may refer to them as that. And, um, Peptides and proteins are actually quite similar in that they're both chains of amino acids, but peptides are shorter. So you've got 2 and 50 amino acids in the chain, and that's a peptide. And if it's more than 50, then you've got a protein. And they are produced naturally in the body, so they just play a part in normal bodily functions and cellular functions in the body. And there's many different kinds of peptides out there because these amino acids can be configured into any number of different ways. 
So you have the natural peptides and then you have the synthetic peptides, which are the ones that you'll recognize more in the in the skincare side of things. And they all um, ultimately have a sort of a specific function that they're designed to do. But you can actually break them into a few different groups, which helps to start sort of seeing, okay, well, what kind of peptide is this and, and make some comparisons. So there's uh, about five different groups I like to kind of collect different types of peptides into. So you've got um, carrier peptides, which are designed actually to to protect and deliver a certain ingredient into the skin cells. And the most famous of those being copper peptides. So these are peptides that are actually designed to take copper um, as like a carrier into the skin cells. Um, so that's a very well-known type of peptide, a carrier peptide. Then you've got signaling peptides. These are your cell communicators. Again, quite well-known form, form of peptide. These peptides are primarily designed to trigger protein synthesis from the skin cells. So proteins like collagen and elastin, which helps the skin structure and firmness. Again, this is why peptides are very popular for that kind of function. So those are your cell communication peptides. Then you have other ones like antimicrobial peptides. You have peptides that can inhibit enzymes in the skin. And then you've got one that is a little bit more niche called uh, neurotransmitter inhibiting peptides. And these are uh, it's a slightly smaller group, but quite well known because these are the ones that are marketed as Botox in a bottle, which has become very popular over, over, the, over the course of skincare history. Um, and these are peptides that can actually play a role in the communication between nerves and muscles. So yes, lots of different combinations of these amino acids, lots of different peptides, lots of different functions, but they're all ultimately designed to do one specific job for the skin to have a particular effect. Mm. I think the most important question is, like what do peptides actually do when they're formulated in skincare? Because actually, Joe, we were talking to about peptides in hair care a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. Yeah, It all sounds very confusing. But So what do they actually do for the skin? Uh, so, yes, I mean, that was a very long <laughs> answer to your first question. But it can be simplified a little bit when you actually look at what they, what they really do. So let's take the carrier peptides and, and the signaling peptides. So these are designed to actually... Uh, trigger the synthesis of proteins in the skin so like collagen and elastin like I said before so these are the compounds that actually improve the structure of the skin so this is why some of these peptides can help with the smoothing of fine lines and firmness because you're really supporting the skin's structural proteins and they work in a very clever way actually so these these peptides they they mimic a fragment of collagen in the skin so the skin cell it sort of tricks the skin cells into thinking that you've had a sort of a, an injury or that collagen's been broken down into these little fragments. And that tells the skin, oh, well, I actually need to produce a little bit more collagen to make up for this. And so this is, this is a really clever way to, to improve the skin's firmness and structure. Um, so that's obviously great for your skin aging concerns as well. Then you have uh, your anti-inflammatory peptides. So these are ones that actually calm the skin. So they're very useful for blemishes or redness prone skin. You have peptides that can manage the melanin synthesis so the production of pigmentation in the skin so create an evening of the skin tone and then as, as i said before you have these uh, neurotransmitter inhibiting peptides which are kind of marketed as being able to sort of prevent the muscles in your skin from contracting and forming expression lines in the same way as sort of botox to do so again good for smooth keeping the skin smooth and plump and firm. Yeah, it's such an interesting science. And I think peptides have become more of a buzzword in the skincare industry in probably the last five years, I reckon. But have they always been in skincare or are they a newer concept in skincare formulation? So 
Peptides have actually been researched for quite a while. Um, in the 1970s was when the first wave of proper research went into topical application of peptides, which is quite a while ago now. And uh, that was in the context more of the pharmaceutical side of things, where mm -hmm. there was a particular researcher at the time that was looking into the potential for peptides to improve wound healing and tissue repair. Mm -hmm. uh, they went on to develop a sort of a skincare application, a sort of more of a cosmetic application that we know now. And that was around the 80s and the 90s, but it was still quite niche, wasn't really well known around that time. It was really when, I believe, it was when Neutrogena uh, looked at this research and they, they came out with a, um, a peptide cream. I think this was around the mm -hmm. late 90s that peptides in skincare became a little bit more well known at, at the time. And soon after that was when the first signaling peptide called Matrixyl, which you may have heard of, mm -hmm. was invented and launched. That was around the early 2000s. And that was a bit of a, that was definitely a peak in the journey of interest in peptides because that was quite groundbreaking at the time. And as, as with everything in skincare, you know, interest comes and goes and there's new waves of interest. Now, I think because there have been quite a few recent launches of peptides, so newly, newly synthesized peptides that have new ways of working and also some advancements in the delivery systems like encapsulation and clever ways to enhance the efficacy of the peptides as well. And that's what I believe has sparked the, the interest in the last few years and brands like Medicaid, brands like us have been looking at the latest research and sort of looking at new ways to add peptides into your routine. So that's why I think over the last few years, peptides has a lot more interest now. And if you're looking at a skincare product and having a look at the ingredients label, what kinds of names or peptides would you be looking out for? The, the actual peptide names can be quite long and confusing, so it's quite difficult to look <laughs> through your ingredients list. Uh, I will, I'll do, I'll do a few name drops just so that you know, mm -hmm. in case people, <laughs> I know quite, a, you know, there's people that like to really study the ingredients list, so I'll drop a few in. But I think it's a little bit easier just to go by the look for the trade names, the actual marketed brand names of, of the peptides that the brands will, that the skincare brands will use. Uh, so you've got Matrixyl three thousand. That's probably. Mm -hmm. That's a very well-known peptide. Um, for us, it's a, it's a staple peptide because it's, from what I've seen, it's got the best data. Uh, Matrixyl 3000, so those peptides are called, I try and remember them, but they're, they've got this palmitoyl tripeptide 1 and palmitoyl tripeptide 3. I think those are the two actual ingredients names. But look for Matrixyl 3000. Um, the brands mm -hmm. will, will use that. And then you've got another one by the same developer called Matrixyl Synth 6. A little bit less common, but... Again, a very interesting one to stimulate collagen, just like the, the Matrixyl 2000. That's very good for collagen production. Then you've got Argyrolox as well. So that is the Botox in a bottle one. So the ingredient name for that is acetylhexapeptide. That's what you'll find mm -hmm. on the ingredients list. Although I know Botox in a bottle is, is sort of setting it up for very high expectation. But there is some interesting data about its ability to prevent muscles from uh, contracting and relaxing which is what forms kind of lines around your eyes and like expression lines and things mm. like sorry that. what was this one called again i've got to write yeah. it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> writing it down no i actually yeah the the, uh, the trade name is called argyrolox argyrolox thank you and then the other very popular one is the copper peptides so yeah, yes, you know, yes um, of course. again there the, the the a lot of the patents around copper peptides have expired so you won't find like a single brand name anymore like you would have in the past it's sort of available across different um, ingredient developers but yeah copper peptides uh, on again on, on the ingredients list it will come up as copper tripeptides so that's a bit of an easier one to, to mm -hmm. spot 
And Medicaid seem to be focusing a lot on the use of peptides at the moment in some of your newer products, like the Bacuchiol peptides and the Clarity peptides. What are the differences between those two products specifically and how would you incorporate either one of those into your routine? Like what's better for which person? Yeah, yeah, great question. I mean, and that, that it really speaks to our approach with peptides is in that we think that because peptides are a little bit more focused and targeted in their effects versus something like vitamin A and vitamin C, which has sort of a broad range of effects mm. that everyone should be using. We like to find products that have a particular customer or a you know a user in mind someone that's looking for a particular skin benefit that the peptide can address and in the case of clarity peptides we have you know very distinct benefits so with the clarity peptides we're looking for uh, clear skin clear skin and and skin that is maybe a little bit stressed out a little bit blemish prone uneven tired looking for skin clarity and that's why we have a product designed for that particular benefit so the clarity peptides formula has got a collaboration actually between um, niacinamide, which is great for addressing clarity and calming the skin and evening the tone, as well as a very cool peptide called crystallide, which has a novel effect actually. It's, it's, it's got its own mechanism of clearing up a lot of the cellular waste that accumulates in the top of the skin surface, which is a very you know natural part of sort of cellular renewal in the skin. But it can make the, the skin quite dull if too much of this kind of cellular waste builds up in the surface and that makes it less reflective. And, and, and this, this, this peptide actually helps to clear all that up, keep the skin very luminous, works alongside the niacinamide. Ultimately, it's looking for a glass skin like effect, a really perfected skin complexion. And so there's obviously, you know, a very kind of focused um, message around that and, and a, someone in, in particular in mind. And then you've got the Bakushio peptides, which is designed for people that can't use vitamin A. So this is our, you know, vitamin A for people who are pregnant or, or nursing, uh, which is the only time I'd recommend not to use vitamin A. It's, should Everyone else should be <laughs> using it. Uh, that's what I was saying at least, uh, you know, a year ago. I'm still saying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Bacuchial peptides is, is yeah, again, it's a, it's got this Bacuchial ingredient, which is your, you know, a vitamin A alternative, but it's it's something that you can use during pregnancy. Um, working alongside peptide called Sepi White, which is designed to keep the skin even and avoid pig- hyperpigmentation, which is a very common issue around pregnancy and, and following. Mm. So you've got these kind of peptides that work along, you know, either a signature ingredient or some something that's playing a, a particular part in someone's routine. And we have other peptides in the range that, that expand on that theme. Yeah, we actually still use your reference CSA, which is vitamin C in the morning and SPF and vitamin A at night. What are your thoughts on peptides versus retinol in terms of which is the better anti-aging powerhouse? Well, you know, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I it, think I know. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Look, I think vitamin A is for, for the reasons I said before. In, in terms of the number of different benefits that it can bring for the skin. And with all the data that goes behind it on, on the results across so many different people, that's why for me, it's a staple ingredient. It's a staple ingredient. So in terms of the powerhouse kind of, you know, question, it's vitamin A is the first, you know, step as you're building out your routine. The peptides then play a very important role uh, for me in, in looking at any specific skin concerns or skin benefits that you want to bring in from your routine. So if you're you know, you've got your CSA routine, which is just your skin health insurance. You know, you just need to have that. But also you're mm-hmm. going through a period of stress or your particular, you know, you've got blemish prone concerns. You'd add in your clarity peptides into your routine. Um, let's say also you've got a particular 
you know, you've got some more deep set wrinkles or some expression lines that you've picked up over the years from laughing. So, you know, it's a shame that you picked them up from that, but uh, or frowning. And maybe. I don't move my face for that reason. <laughs> um, uh, you've got, we've got another peptide called liquid peptides, which is much more focused on the collagen boosting. And, and that will just work very much alongside the collagen boosting effects of your vitamin A and your vitamin C. So that's why, yeah, vitamin A is your, is your staple powerhouse gold standard. Peptides play a very important role in tailoring your routine to a particular concern. Would you say that a peptide and retinol together would be the best approach? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. And and because a lot of these peptides are ones that are designed to produce collagen and these these skin structural Mm. proteins, they work so well alongside the the vitamin A because vitamin A is, is, is designed to stimulate collagen production, but in a slightly different way. Um, but they don't they don't compete with each other. They just complement each other. So vitamin A and peptides is such a great um, combination for skin aging concerns. Mm-hmm. And if you started using a serum with peptides, like I know there's certain ingredients like glycolic acid that you'll see sort of immediate results. How long would it take to see results from using peptides? So it depends on what benefit you're looking for. Also how old you are. Uh, as well, because it can take quite a, a little bit longer because your skin cycle slows 32 down. 32 and... anti-aging. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> um, so I've, I've got the criteria. Okay. So um, your so your skin cycle will be around five to six weeks. So you'll need like two or three cycles. So I'd say for collagen, for, for sort of noticeable differences in skin smoothness and firmness, you need to wait about 12 weeks, I think, before you pass judgment. It could be sooner than that. But I think before you start making decisions as to whether something's you know working or whether you need to switch, wait wait three months, mm. and that's that, that's for skin aging because it can take a long time for this you know, extra collagen to, to kind of really have a visible effect. But but if you're looking for you know evening the skin tone or um, you know you're using peptides as part of a sort of a blemish routine as well, it can be much quicker. Like the clarity peptides that we've got because it's combined with niacinamide, and it's a sort of a mechanism that doesn't need as long to sort of accumulate the visible effects can take, you know, a week or a few weeks and you'll start noticing something. Same with evening the skin tone, you know, maybe a month or six weeks, maybe one skin cycle, you'll, you'll start to see even skin tone. So it also depends on, on how the peptide is formulated as well, if it's in collaboration with something else and whether it's got enhanced sort of delivery systems to make it very effective. But those are your rough timelines to work to. I am in my late 20s and I use peptides more as a an insurance scheme. I'm like, if I use them now, my skin's just not going to age <laughs> at any point. Would you suggest that people use um, peptides in their 20s, like get on top of it before you start seeing signs of aging later on? Or is it something that you should introduce as those signs of aging start to come up? Prevention is better than cure. Okay, great. Definitely. That's exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's true. You're just you're just helping to maintain. A lot of it is just maintaining, you know, collagen or or the, the current sort of skin makeup that you've currently got. Mm. And that's a very yeah. useful thing to do. It's sort of because as you know, with time, all of these processes slow down. Your skin cycle slows yeah. down. The collagen synthesis slows down. So it's 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 very useful to start early. Yeah. I did want to ask, what do you think will be the next hyped up ingredient that's going to saturate the market? Because my money's on azelaic acid because that hasn't mm. really like 
hit our shores much here. Like it's, you know, people are still buying the, um, I think it's called as clear stuff from the chemist, but it's not found in heaps of skincare products yet. So do you think that's going to be the next thing or do you have something else in mind? Well, unfortunately for you guys, um, azelaic acid is, is regulated as a drug in Australia. Mm. So that's, yeah. that, that means that it's less accessible, unfortunately. And I, you know, I'm not one to go against the, re- the regulators, but I think it's a shame because, mm. you know, it is very popular uh, in, in Europe, in yeah. the UK, um, in, in your normal skin creams. It obviously has medical applications, but it's it's a fantastic cosmetic skincare ingredient. Like it's it's brilliant. It does so mm. many different jobs. Um, so unless, unless the rules change, I think it might still a little bit inaccessible in Australia. But, um, you know, there's there's other things on the radar. There's actually a couple of ingredients that I really wanted to talk to you about, but I've been told I'm not allowed to. Um, oh, so I have to... Uh, you can't say that. I have to frame. <laughs> but what I can say is that, um, look, I mean, with, with trends and things, I'm obviously, you know, Medicaid, we're, we're very much led by the science of things. Um, and we kind of keep our eyes on what the latest research is saying. And there's a lot of very mm. interesting research in the microbiome and probiotic mm, skincare. Yes. And yeah. I think that we'll, I think that, it's still a, a very much an untapped sort of source of uh, innovation, I think, even though there's been so much you know, research going into it over the years, there's still a lot more that can, that can um, come out from there. And I think that there will be some very interesting launches in, in the mo- microbiome world. And so, yeah, I would say that that's, that's definitely going to be part of, of the next wave of, of innovation. So what you're saying is that Medicaid are producing <laughs> a probiotic product of some I don't know how you got the small print there, but um, <laughs> it's, something, it's something we're looking at. Your answer is no comment. Okay, we'll just wait to see it. We'll just wait to see it. But I love probiotics, so I'm definitely putting my hand up to try that. Um, I find they're great for my skin, so I'm definitely keen for anything in that space if that's where we're headed for sure. Is there anything else that you think we need to know about peptides that we haven't already discussed for me we've covered it a lot today but i I think that i just wanted to re-emphasize it is just how to think about peptide is to just try and think well is there a particular peptide out there for me in a product that's designed for something that really speaks to to what i'm looking for in my skincare Uh, and and to just to add add it into your routine to add it on and some something that i know a lot of people are worried about is does it sort of be deactivated or or does it can you not mix it with vitamin C or acids and things like mm-hmm. that? That's a question I get quite a lot. Um, and, mm. and the truth is that you, you don't need to worry about that. It works very well alongside um, lots of other of your staple ingredients like your acids, vitamin C. There's very little chance for them to, to interact with each other um, and hinder uh, the, the effects. So they're very easy to add into your routine. Um, just find the one that sort of speaks to what you're looking for and, and just you know build your routine from there. All right. Amazing. Well, that covers off peptides for us for the day. We'll be definitely bringing you back on again in another year and a half, Daniel. So <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be going to be a regular, I think. Oh, sounds good. I wonder what we'll be talking about there. Yeah. Well, maybe probiotics. probiotics. We'll see. I set you up there. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Products I don't know we needed. You go first. I wasn't sure whether I was going to be able to talk about this one because there are TGA guidelines around, you know, what you can and can't say about supplements and things like that. So I did check that this was definitely okay for me to talk about because it's not listed, but it's the Vita Glow Marine Collagen, which I've been taking for quite a few weeks now, probably a couple of months actually. And I went and had my nails done the other day and Mm. Chelsea was doing my nails. She was like, oh my God, your nails are so strong and they're really long at the moment. 
They and normally do. they start to break a little yeah. bit when they get to this length, but they've been so strong. Like they're just, and I've never really taken collagen ongoing. Like I've tasted different collagens here and there, but I've never actually stuck to one, but I've been really diligent with sticking to this. So I've noticed that with my nails, but then my hair's also been so shiny and soft. And I don't know if it's the K18 or if it's yeah. the collagen. It's probably a little tell. bit of both. Do you know what makes me sad? Because I would love to try this, but I yeah. feel that it's not vegetarian and it would it's be. It's not. And it would, yeah, it's not vegetarian or vegan because it's made from fish. So it is, um, it's fish scales. You can take it in water. I either take it in water or I've been taking it in apple juice because when I take it in water, it's like I can almost smell that there's a marini kind of scent to it when I take it in water. But when I take Mm. it in um, apple juice, there's no flavor, no scent, nothing. I can't even tell that I'm taking collagen. So I think it's just really easy to take. So it's easy to form that habit. Because you don't like, um, you can't have tablets. No, I can't take tablets. That's why I haven't really tried many supplements. Um, But I've really been sticking to that like every day. And I think it's definitely making a difference to my nails and my hair. (laughs) Um, Do you know the other day I told you I had um, diarrhea? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was late for an interview. Yeah. So I've been on all these supplements and um, I've been taking and I couldn't understand what was making me so much. So I had to do a bit of a like, what supplements were they? So I'm taking, because I'm getting my eggs frozen. So I have to take like Mm. a million different supplements. And I think it's the magnesium. And I, and I just wanted to warn you (laughs) not to take. Noted. (laughs) I I feel that maybe it, it gave me, has, is giving me the runs a little bit. I've definitely got to avoid that then. (laughs) I don't need any more of that. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I did look up magne. I I looked up magnesium, um, magnesium diarrhea. Let's have a look. (laughs) High doses of magnesium often result in diarrhea. Ah, and you're probably taking high doses because you're getting your eggs frozen. So you're taking like a proper supplement for it. I I mean, look, it happened a couple of times, but maybe I'm used to it now. It's just making me regular. It's been good. Yeah. It's good because, you know, you get diarrhea, but I get constipated really easily. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm I'm glad something good's come out of it. (laughs) Anyway, your product, you know you need it. Mine is. So the other day, Joe, you sent me a text actually because I'd done some stories mm. for a door and you said, is your hair blonder? Yeah. I was like, have you had your hair done? It no. looked really good. Heaps of people replied to that as well and were like, oh, my God, oh. I love your hair, Hannah. Oh, thanks. Well, actually, mm. I had it dyed. I just had some foils put in and then I've been using um, the Davro Blonde Platinum Shampoo once a week. And why I wanted to talk about this one, I know there's a lot of blonde shampoos out there mm. on the market. This one is really good because it's really potent. But it also, I haven't found that it dry. It doesn't like dry out my hair because you know sometimes yeah, it's an issue with blonde shampoos. Yeah, so it's really potent. But I personally haven't found that it has dried out my hair. Look, I am mm-hmm. using masks and K eighteen, and like I'm using all the good stuff to make sure my hair isn't dry. But the mm-hmm. other really good thing about it is it's only twenty seven ninety five, which oh. for yeah for professional hair care I think is. A real bargain. Yeah, Davro is definitely up there with some of the most affordable, like, professional brands we have. So I've been really happy and it's kept my, you know, what I'm like with Ashy. Like, I love Ashy. Yes brown and ashy blonde um, and it's been keeping the color really ashy and it also like mm. kind of brightens it. I've yeah. I 
really brightens it and makes it look like fresh colour. So I've been really happy with that one. I also Can we please talk about Benefar? I can't believe we haven't spoken about I've this just yet. spent the last I've spent the last 15 minutes before we started recording researching the latest because I needed to know They're the in Florida. update. He's, They're in Florida. Yeah. Yep. Um he's gone to meet her there. Wait, yes. they were in Montana and now they're in yep. Florida. And she's looking hot on the balcony taking selfies yep. in her maxi dress. Mm-hmm. Him smoking, though, not sure about. Don't, yeah, don't I know. know. So off-putting. Just, That's off-brand for her. Very She off-brand. doesn't even realise, like, secondhand smoke for ageing. She can't afford to be doing that. <laughs> Olive oil isn't going to do anything about he secondhand always smoke damage. Looks- he always looks so depressed when he's outside smoking. Yeah. Why? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like he always looks really down in the dumps. Anyway, I am living for Benefar. I just the good thing about it is 17 years has gone past and I think yeah. that they always loved each other. I swear. Yeah, agree. I think that they were always meant to be together. I think the media ruined their relationship because it got yep. or it all got too big and they became mm. Like they did some sh- movies together too, and that probably didn't help. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he then <laughs> broke up. Tear with anyone apart. Like he was like becoming like C list with all like those movies, mm, and then yeah. he ended up winning Oscars for you know he did Argo and all these mm. great movies post J Lo, and now I think they're both. I guess they've had families with other people, but anyway, yeah, it's it's just a nice. I, I hope it lasts. I really hope. Yeah, it lasts. I like a rekindling. I'm here for it. On the other hand, I do feel sorry for A-Rod. Um, <laughs> we were looking at one of his I, posts earlier I see for you. a men's oh. concealer. And I really respect that he's doing an ad for that. Really respect But at the same time, the comments on that were savage. Savage. The poor guy. I yeah, know. he was just getting ripped to shreds in the comments. But, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do for no, a dollar. I, so. I, I- <laughs> I really, yeah, it's like we we think he's normalising using concealer, but really he's yeah, only got, really he got paid a million dollars for that. Yeah. Millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a photo on his Instagram where he's applying concealer, but I actually really like that he's doing that. Same. I think that for a guy, like if you're going on a date and you have like a big mama pimple, blind mama pimple mm. on your cheek or something, why wouldn't you want to colour correct it? I would. Absolutely. Yeah, let's normalise men... Being able to conceal pimples, yeah. I do feel for him, though. That would be hard seeing your, Imagine, your ex with her ex. Oh, but, yeah, I know, I know. Mm. But I'm here for it. I am just following yeah. their, like, romance so closely. Yeah. I'm on the Daily Mail every two minutes, like, mm. refresh, refreshing for updates. Yeah, I wish I could do that, but unfortunately I'm, I've got a job. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I finished my puzzle last night. Oh. <laughs> It's been a really big week, Joe. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.